Thanks for downloading this show from PC One. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. Have you heard about Moo Money? Moo Money? Moo Money is a rewards program that lets you earn cash every time you buy real milk. I use mine to buy movie tickets. Movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah. It was a musical. Uh-huh. Anyway, just head to MooMoney.com to start earning moolah. Got it. Moolah. Hurry, or everything I told you will be moot. Oh, please, no more moos. Someone's a little moody. Open to legal residents of the state of California, 18 years of age or older. Visit MooMoney.com for official rules, terms, and conditions. The following program is a Forbes and Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Denise Ristari, and you're listening to Mentoring Moments, a podcast where smart, witty, and bold women are sharing their triumphs and their skids. We aren't just talking, we're taking action, and we're inviting you to join us every week in my New York City apartment. Mentoring Moments is brought to you by Braintree. If you think that your payment system exists solely for the purpose of transferring money from a customer's wallet to yours, think again. Braintree, rethink payments. Learn more at braintreepayments.com slash Forbes. So we're mixing things up today. We're still here in my apartment in New York City. And sitting across from me at the table is B. Arthur. And today is an episode, a first ever, it's The Therapist and the Witch Doctor. <laughs> now, I'm going to explain that. The therapist is B. Arthur, and that's who, who you've heard laughing here in the background. And you may have already met B. And she's a licensed therapist and an entrepreneur. And she says she is a think tank devoted to mental health. I love that, the being a think tank. I think you're a do tank devoted <laughs> to mental health. <laughs> B's a Columbia University alum and a TEDx speaker. And she's been featured on MTV, Fast Company, Entrepreneur Magazine, NPR, BuzzFeed, CNN. You get the picture a lot. <laughs> As a therapist, she saw a gap in the marketplace. She saw that people needed and wanted therapy, but they couldn't get off their couch to come to her couch, whether it was time or money, they just couldn't get there. So she said, what if you don't have to get there? What if the couch becomes video and journals and we do it online? And she created that safe space and it's called In Your Corner. And as she's holding her heart, because that was her love. I say that was her love because she loved it. And things seemed to be going really great until they weren't. And as all entrepreneurs know, that happens a lot. And then the day came when B didn't want to get out from under the covers when her business died. And B says she's been through hell. And the best part about going through hell is that you come out on fire. So B is the therapist and I am the witch doctor. <laughs> now, let me tell you the story behind that. So I've been to three psychics in my life that are pretty reputable psychics. Oh. And all three different occasions, obviously, have said to me that in my past life, I was a witch doctor. Really? Really. And so I'm looking at a witch wow. doctor as being a healer. So yes. I like that. And I like that versus I don't know what else a witch doctor, but the, the, the thought of a witch and a doctor, right. but, but as a healer. So that's why today is the therapist and the witch doctor. I love it. So be welcome. <laughs> Thank you, witch doctor. So glad to be here. And what we're going to do is Bea and I have gathered questions from people that we know, from some of her patients or people that she knows in the past without naming names, but you know, topics that have come up. And the tweets that I have gotten and emails I've gotten. And so we're going to answer your questions today. And we're going to start off with a question that B has gotten. 
from someone. You can maybe you can tell us. So no one seems to take me seriously. Mm. What should I do differently? Mm. I know that's that's a big one. So you can go first. If I've been talking, so I'll let you go first. Yeah, I mean, I love this question because I've heard it so many different times from so many different kinds of people and in so many different situations and circumstances, whether or not you feel like you're not being taken seriously at work, or if you're a startup founder and trying to get funding or press or partnerships, or even just at home with your parents. I mean, I'm 33 years old and my mommy still, well, maybe it's because I call her mommy, but she still (laughs) treats me like a child. And I think it's such a hard transition to go from, you know, your mind and how you understand and see yourself and really communicate that effectively to the outside world, especially nowadays when everybody's so caught up in their own things because of social media and things like that. And it really does. I mean, I think the best people have the most bruises and it really does have come from having something to say, um, proven it, really tested things and lived through it. And you get these lessons by earning these lessons. So I really think that it comes with just really putting your head down and just powering through. One of the things I think is in one of the first questions is, are you in the right job? Mm. Or if you think about being taken seriously, are you in the right relationship? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So are you even in the right place sometimes that you, what you bring to the table, people will take seriously. Be receptive. Yeah. I always say, go where you're loved. Right. You know, you see a lot of people when we still have the site, like the number one reason I should say people came was because of relationships, but close second after that was work stuff. And you know, a lot of times people were good at their jobs or liked the skill set, but the environment wasn't conducive to giving their best work. So like you say, sometimes it's just not a fit and you can't be your best and the world needs you at your best. So right. go where you're loved. And sometimes I think just the fit isn't there. Yeah. So from my perspective, when I'm with a millennial, so I'm in my sixties and I'm with a millennial and I'm very open-minded, as you know, I love millennials. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, the, I won't say the biggest fan, but I'm one of the biggest You're fans. The millennial of, whisperer. Right. I like that. That's, that might be better than a witch doctor. But but I think that this goes through all ages. When you think about when you speak on stage, the things, the three lessons we always learned was it's what you look like. So your presence, not your beauty. I don't mean it that way, but it's how do you, how do you present yourself and how do you hold yourself and how do you say, so how do you use your voice? And then what is the message you're saying? Mm -hmm. And, and I think about that in the workplace too. So if you want to be a free spirit, but your company isn't a free spirit, then that might not be the right place for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're not going to win a lot of battles along the way. You're going to win some, but if you're in a company that is very conservative and you like wearing jeans with holes in them, that might not be the best company for you. And I think what I hear though from millennials a lot is they want to change the company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, well, the company should be doing that and we should be able to right. breastfeed at work right. and we should be doing this. <laughs> and, right. And, you know, I agree. I mean, I think it would be great if the world said we should, bre- we should be able to breastfeed our children at work. Whatever you want. But, but that isn't happening right, right. now, right? And that may never happen. And it's never, definitely not going to happen at a law firm. Yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah. And that's run by a bunch of men. That yeah. ain't happening. Okay? Yeah. So, Get over it. So pick your battles mm-hmm. is what it gets I to. Always, yes. And, and it's not saying, you know, I'm defeated. I'm, I'm going to fight for what I believe in. If I right. don't, I'm defeated. It's just really picking your battles smartly. So I think when you're looking to be taken seriously, it's present yourself, whatever serious means. I mean, if you work in an environment where people are wearing hoodies and jeans, Clothing doesn't make a difference. Yeah. But so I think it's, and then knowing what you know. Right. And being able, when you're performing, when you're doing the job, you want people to take you seriously and 
for me, one of the major things I have is the upspeak. Mm. With the end of the sentence, oh, turning a sentence into a it's question. It's a generational thing. I know, I know. It's it's so hard. Do though. women do it? I mean, do men do it? I haven't heard men do it. Yeah. Have you? No, that's why I was thinking about it. I was like, is that a generational thing or is it a gender thing? Because that is unfortunate. Um, I even find myself sometimes doing it in emails just to kind of not be so aggressive, which is weird because I'm very aggressive. <laughs> and it'll just be like, if that makes sense for you. Right, right. <laughs> I, I do that too. I do that too. Does, that, does this make sense to you? Right, 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 right. We're, yeah, we all know why we're doing this. I don't know. I, I really hope what Hillary has done what, for the next generation is, you know, stop buying into this thing that women have to be nice. You know, nobody ever, it's net, like it's you, nice is used as an insult when you're talking about men, you know, oh, he's a nice guy. Right. He was, he was nice, but he just wasn't for me, you know, and like just women want and need to be like most people do, especially, but if you like yourself, it really doesn't matter. Like I really, really like myself. I, I like, know you do. And I think that's great. <laughs> yeah. Is there that's anything you- about yourself that you don't like? Oh, I don't have abs. Uh. No, I, I've heard that before. <laughs> it's the one truth that remains. It's the one truth that remains. I wish I was more patient, um, but I have become more patient. Speaking of, oh, sorry. Speaking of taking yourself more seriously, I would definitely say that, you know, I'm a loud mouth, you know, I'm, I'm pretty ridiculous. I enjoy silliness very much. Um, and when I became a therapist, I thought it was going to be really collaborative. And, you know, most people who become therapists are very bossy. <laughs> you know, we really like to tell people what to do. But it turns out that's not what you do at all because you could get sued, you know, and you so and you have to totally unlearn that and really learn how to be an active and very present listener, which if you've had 10 clients a day, sometimes is very difficult. And especially when I mean, truthfully, a lot of times when a client comes in, you know what's going on in the first 10 minutes and they know, too, their all their friends and family have been telling them, you know, but the reason that they haven't they're not receptive to it yet. So they just need the time to talk through it without being like, well, just dump him, just quit, you know, and so you really have to restrain the urge to just be like, well, if that were true, then this wouldn't happen, you know? And so I've become really good at really like restraining myself and discipline. And I think that discipline and restraint are really undervalued characteristics that I never had growing up and and I have in abundance now. Um, And I'm grateful for that. So do you find though that the restraint makes you less spontaneous? Absolutely not. Because when it's something I want to do, but you know, it, like you said, choose your battles. It's about saving your energy for what really matters. You know, could, am I going to get in a Twitter war that's going to take up like an hour of my day and is going to linger into like me talking about what happened on Twitter, you know, or am I just going to like ignore it? Give yourself a day. You won't even remember, you know, I think that is a, a huge piece of advice that the things that seem so important in the moment, go for a walk sometimes. Just remove, detach. Yes. And when you come back, if it's not life or death or you're not hurting someone, it really, it puts it in a different perspective. And I see that a lot with millennials Mm -hmm. and I I did it the same thing when I was younger and I still do it. I still put importance on things because I am a recovering perfectionist (laughs) that, that I can't let go of. Okay. We're going to go on to question number two. Mm. Okay. How do you know when to keep going and when to let go? Mm. Now, you know I love this question. I know. Well, as you said, millennials, um, we can be very stubborn and simultaneously very flaky. So <laughs> I feel like it's co- this constantly, I want this with all of my heart. And then like, well, maybe I should, you know, become a yoga teacher. Like I right. see that <laughs> a lot, you know, especially in, in our space and, you know, the entrepreneurial circle, there's just like, you know, you're firing at all cylinders all the time. Um, it's really important 
to be able to sit with things. Um, just like I said, discipline and restraint is such an important thing. It's so important to know yourself and to trust yourself and to really be able to see through the, no- the, the noise and listen to your gut um, and do a gut check and, and trust that it's the right decision. Because sometimes there really aren't any right decisions. Um, you know, I remember I was counseling a young lady through, um, she had to have a termination of a pregnancy and there was no good reason except that to her, except that she really did not want to be with this person and she didn't want to bring a child into the situation. Like they were financially stable. And, you know, I finally was like, you know, if you keep this, you're not going to be okay. And if you don't keep this, you're not going to be okay either way, you know, so with the, you you can't predict the future. So with the information that you have right now, do what's best for you. And, you know, you really have to be able to stand by that, you know, when the chickens come to us or when you get accused or when you have to defend yourself, you really have to be able to say, this is what's right for me. And, you know, and I'm the only person who can make that statement. And I think that is so important. Like I'm the only person who knows what's right for me. So many people don't really believe that or live their lives that way. And I learned that lesson when I was younger. So here's, here's an example of that. I was in my thirties, my daughter was just born and all of my, and I lived in a great townhouse. So I lived in Bethesda, Maryland mm. on this busy intersect, not busy. I mean, it was busy. It was residential busy kind of, but there was a big, um, grocery store. The giant grocery store was within walking distance, like a half a block away there. Everything was, it was almost like living in a city. Mm. Okay. But we were yeah. in Bethesda <laughs> and all my friends though were getting these bigger houses with the back, backyard and the swing set. And I had this great townhouse, but not a swing set, not any of those things. So I kept thinking, you know, for my daughter, I want the swing set. Mm-hmm. I want to be like my friends. I want the swing set. Mm-hmm. And then one day, so it was like, I wanted to quit that life of being the somewhat urbanite person. Oh, and I wanted to go and, yeah. and be the full suburb. Yeah, yeah. That. And I, there's nothing about me that is about the suburbs. No. No, I mean, I am so not the suburbs. But anyway, yeah. I, I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted that. It was like, I want that. So I was talking to a woman at work and she said, that's, I can't, I can see why you would want to move. Now, she said, I understand you because you live on one of the busiest streets in Bethesda. And I thought, what a bad mother I would be, right? I have my daughter raising her on a busy street. mm -hmm. So I, this is what I heard. Mm -hmm. And I moved, I got this big house out in the burbs, year later got divorced and I've told that Mm. story about my life falling apart. Yeah. I didn't want this house. I regretted it from the moment I was signing the papers. Really? Yes. From the moment, I mean, I knew it was a mistake. I just knew it was a mistake. A couple years later, we're talking and she asked me about the house. We're no longer working together. And we run into each other. She asked me about the house. And I said, you know, I sold the house, blah, blah, blah. And she said, I never understood why you bought the house. It was so not you. I mean, I remember telling you that you live on one of the busiest intersections. And I thought that was you. Meanwhile, I was hearing you live on. Yes. And she was like, I hear you. Right. I hear you. And she was saying, I hear you that you want to move, but she wasn't agreeing with me. I interpreted it as I hear you. That is so interesting. I always say nobody does something unless it really confirms some inner belief. Like whenever you see someone staying in a bad relationship, it's the truth. You know, like whenever you do these things, nobody does something unless it works for you on some level. And so even though you're like, oh, I just can't stand this anymore and da, da, da. Like maybe there's something in you that believes you're not worthy. Maybe there's something that believes you're scared to go do something else. Maybe there's something in you that just likes complaining. You know, if it didn't work for you, you wouldn't do it, period. And so stop lying to yourself because nobody else is leaving it. That's exactly what your friend saw. So B, before we continue this fabulous therapy session, I want to give a shout out to Braintree for sponsoring Mentoring Moments. 
We've already talked about the importance of letting your customers check out and pay with their preferred method. So let's break it down with a specific example. There are more than 200 million people who use PayPal. If you don't accept PayPal on your site, that's 200 million missed opportunities. Why miss out on that? Braintree makes it simple to offer PayPal and almost every other way to pay at checkout. Braintree. Rethink payments. Find out more at braintreepayments.com slash Forbes. I'm John Horn. I'm the host of Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. I'm here with our very first guest, Rain Wilson. Hi, John. It looks like I'm the first guest on the Geffen Unclothed. Unscripted. Unscripted. Yeah, let's go with that. A marriage made in heaven, I guess. Or Westwood. Tune in for some of our exciting upcoming guests. David Copperfield, Neil LaBute, Neil Patrick Harris, Josh Gad, Rita Wilson, and many more. Be sure to download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app and on iTunes. And don't forget to rate, review, and share. And, and I'm Rain Wilson, the first guest. You are no, the this, very first guest. This was a huge uh, mistake. Stephen Playhouse Unscripted. Huge mistake. You're listening to Mentoring Moments with Denise Rastari. Let's talk about like when to end a company or not. Mm-hmm. How do you know when? We both have been there. We both have been there. Yes. Now, with anything, in, in any company, any um, professional relationship, any romantic relationship, everybody across the board has said, I just wish I had done it sooner. Um, you know, it's just like starting a company. There's no good time. It's going to be awful. It's going to suck for a while. But I will say that the quicker you make the decision, the quicker you can start the recovery process. So um, I don't know. I really am. I was, I'm a millennial. I'm the, I was raised on the Goonies. Never say die. You know, I really, really, it's hard to tell someone like if things are working out and it's just not growing the way it needs to that it, that it didn't work because that's what you hear like if if that's how I felt with my company and and I saw a great article about this if B is in your corner and in your corner is a failure then is B a failure you know like it was just like these false equivalencies and it's really hard to accept that you know and and that's the main point of life is moving on and accepting it you don't have to be okay with it but it is really hard to accept that so there is a lot of resistance when you don't want to let something go um but that's why i think kind of like forced circumstances you know happen in life you know you just truthfully when it comes to human behavior people don't really change um directions when there's two options people don't really change until there's no options you know it really does have to come down to that especially for stubborn people and most entrepreneurs are very stubborn. Uh, you know, for example, if, if it's between, you know, peanut butter and jelly and, you know, uh, ham and cheese, you know, one isn't more likely to make the decision. But if it's just peanut butter and jelly, you're going to be really happy for that peanut right. butter and jelly. It's a lot more clear. And that's the thing. You see it when a lot of clients and a lot of millennials are just in a constant state of overwhelm. There's so many more options. I mean, our phones hold more information than 20 years ago people would learn in a lifetime. And in our, I don't know if this our brains have evolved to really manage that yet. Um, but I mean, I don't, same thing, you know, I feel like you said earlier you were ADHD and I, and I like never thought I was true ADD because, you know, we look at it on a clinical spectrum, but yeah, like, I mean, I have like 15 tabs open all the time. I can't sit still, even when I'm by myself, it's weird. And I don't know if it's organic or if it's just reacting to all the things that I can and want to do. So on the one hand, it, it might be good to have a fragmented brain and be able to truly multitask. On the other hand, I'm just exhausted all the time. <laughs> I think that's the part is being exhausted is that there's so much going on that our brain, I can't even talk to our brain. <laughs> speaking of so much going on, our brains are just in like our overload. Brains? Our brain, <laughs> no. It's a new word. It means something I'm sure. 
to someone out there. But I think it's okay to say I quit. That you know, going back to when is the time? One of the things that was so hard for me when I was with Alley Cats, the company that was the mm-hmm. online social networking site for young girls, was. I thought I was going to, number one, disappoint the young girls. They yeah. would no longer have a site. But number two, it mm-hmm. was looking at the people who were working for the company mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what about them and their lives. And I had all these other reasons. Other, and, and those are great things to think about, right? Because right. I'm not a selfish person. Right. And I don't want to be a selfish person. Right. But those aren't the things that should dictate whether you keep a business alive. Right. Okay? You can't make emotional decisions right. about a practical thing. And had I gotten out sooner, you know, here's one of the things I tell everyone when they're thinking about it is a time to quit whether you know it's a relationship or whether it's a business you you're gotten you know when it's time yeah. to quit right yeah you always know yeah. when it's time to get out you just don't get out soon just enough don't listen. and if you don't get out soon enough a lot of times you use up your resources so mm-hmm. you can't build something else facts oh my god is that yes and if you don't have any, if you're, so if you're talking about a business and mm-hmm. you've used all of your money, if you financed your home or whatever you've done, you have a trust fund, whatever it is that, you know, you've been eating noodles for the past 17 years, right. whatever it is, once you, when you take away that resource, you can't build something else. Yeah. So I always say, don't be fearful, keep right. going. And your gut will tell you, and then it's okay to quit. It really is okay to quit. And keep enough resources, whether it's emotional intelligence, whatever it is that you need to move on to the next, because you're not doing anybody any good. You're not doing anybody any favors. The two most powerful words are, it's over. Yes. And it's okay. And you're not a quitter. I think we sometimes think that winners don't quit. Yeah. But that's not the case. No. That's not the case at all. No, nobody so, gets swings on their first time, right? You know, or hits it out of the park on their first time. Everybody says you get rich on the third one. Right. <laughs> That's what I've heard right. anyway. Yep. That's what they've been trying to console me with. <laughs> you get rich on the third one. What about yeah. the second one? The sec- my first, I had a first one that was kind right, of like okay. fast and furious. And then my second one gave me all this and got me in the room with you and rabbit fur. <laughs> and my third one is going to be my think tank do tank. Right. So we shall see. And what about husbands? Is it three or two? Or oh, one? as many as you can, as girl. Ma- as long as I have <laughs> breath in my body, I'm going to keep collecting these men. As I lo- I'm boy crazy. And I have a boot, but I'm boy crazy. Right. Sometimes, well, anyways. It's a, that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother As one. many husbands as you as you can you learn a lot because they're so dumb <laughs> for all the men who are listening to it they, they, they just now like turned off they get better too they took the earbud out of their ear they get better too <laughs> okay so here's a question i know i want to be an entrepreneur but i'm having trouble picking the in caps mm. the idea there are so many problems to solve and so many yes. great ideas that pop up that i could obsess over how do i find my thing and this is from Amira from HBS. Ooh, hey, Amira. Mm-hmm. Thanks for calling in or writing in. Um, I love this question. I get it a lot. Um, I was definitely in the same place. Um, but it really isn't about um, which is the best idea. It really is about is it the best for you? Because you see people all the time that just, you know, I want to start a mustard company because I heard that there's a void in the market. But if you don't care, you're not going to give it the energy and care and attention that it actually needs to. Th- I mean, it really is a baby. You've got to feed it. You sacrifice a lot for it. You have to obsess about it. And if you're not obsessed with it, having a business, nobody says it, it kind of sucks. Like it's really brutal. You get beat up every day. It's like constant 
unsustainable pressure and you only do it because you're in love with it. It's just like, that's why they make babies cute. You know, you would not continue to lose your sleep and get thrown up on if it wasn't super cute. And so you have to think your business is cute. Uh, That's a metaphor for interesting and, um, and something good that the world needs. Don't do it unless you absolutely have to. Yes. And then I think the other thing is to know that it's not the only, you have more than one shot. It's going so, to evolve. Right. It, nothing looks like it's like a baby. Right. It doesn't look like how it's going to look as a full grown man. And like everybody who's done it builds in the pivots, builds in the pain points, builds in the problems and, you know, the hiring and the firing. It's going to change, you know, just start with what you know and just like nail it and scale it. Well, because you can't know what you don't know. Right. Yeah. So I look at like, exactly. like a lot of times at young people and think you're you only know what your experiences right. have brought you to. Right. So you don't know that this is going to be OK. Mm-hmm. So when you mm-hmm. have your think about when you were in high school and you had your first breakup mm. when you just thought it was the end you of the world right die. because you didn't know right you were going to come out the other side and he wasn't that great anyway right, exactly um, right. justin <laughs> justin <laughs> justin she is not, she has no feelings at all no she's so over you he now he's so cute he was yeah all guys named justin are cute i know my <laughs> nephew is named justin yes they are cute they are cute anyways i'm over it <laughs> So the next question, which is like a big question, one that when I was crowdsourcing for questions for this episode kept coming up over and over again, is the, what do you wish you knew when you were in your 20s or 30s that you now know that you can tell us so that we don't have to go through what you went through? Yeah, (laughs) that would be nice. Um, So you're all just looking for a shortcut, huh? (laughs) Right, right. So that won't happen, but we can tell you what we wish we knew. A couple of tidbits. More than anything, and this bears repeating, you know, it's really important to be true to yourself. Be good to yourself and be true to yourself. Okay, B, I've gotten a lot of listener questions asking, what do you wish you knew when you were in your 20s and 30s? So let's dig into these because I have a list that's taller than me, which isn't all that hard because I'm not that tall, but I'll let you go first. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many things, but the best lesson to learn, and you really have to believe this, is nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares about what you're going through. They care for a minute, but then they get on their phone. So if you are basing your decisions on what other people might think, you can't be doing yourself a bigger disservice. Um, people really aren't thinking about you. If you tripped that one time in the middle of Fifth Avenue, people will remember, oh, yeah, remember that girl with the great hair who tripped in the Fifth? Nobody knows your name, where you live, even your LinkedIn or Facebook profile. Let it go. Nobody's thinking about it as much as you are. Exactly right. I remember when you said about falling, it made me think about a couple of years ago, I fell on here in New York on 55th and Lexington Avenue. I was walking my hand. I had so many bags. I couldn't balance myself and I tripped on the sidewalk and I fell on literally on my face because I couldn't brace myself. And it's a funny story because I had Chanel pearls on and they went in my mouth and they broke and Chanel pearls are made out of glass. But I thought all my teeth had fallen out. Oh my God. Because I had all this glass. It was 10 stories. I know. Smiling. <laughs> well, because I recovered <laughs> from it. But my face was really bad. Oh. I mean, it was really bad. And um, it, I was drinking every green drink I could get. I was going to every holistic healer as well as the dermatologist. I mean, it was not in great shape. Yeah. Two days later, the client I was working with called me and said, you know, we have a lot going on. And I was still working, but from my apartment, I really didn't want to go out. Not It wasn't even vanity. It was like, I just want to be at home. I'm yeah. in pain. I really? just want to be at home. He said... 
can you come in to the office? And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and he was like, well, why? And I said, because, you know, two days ago I fell and he's like, well, can you send me pictures so I can see how bad it is? And You're I was kidding. like, that client I've never worked with ever again. You're kidding. Yeah, but it, no, I'm not, I wish I were. So I'm not smiling about that. Right. I can no, smile because I, I haven't recovered from that. <laughs> <laughs> I've recovered from the face, but not that client. I've not wow. recovered. Never. And people forget really quickly. Yeah. Everybody is so focused on what, what they, they need. need. Mm-hmm. What they need. From you? Yeah. And that's right. all they need. Yeah. Right. That's all they really hold on to. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Everybody loves honey glazed carrots. A great side dish for your springtime celebration and a delicious compliment to a sweet, bright Moscato. Your Bloody Mary bar will be the talk of brunch with the vodka I'm stalking. Pile those toppings sky high. Serving lamb this season? Try it with a bold Cabernet from the trendy Paso Robles region. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine and More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! Now back to Mentoring Moments with Denise Rastari. So one of them that I'm done with is something that I wish I knew when I was in my 20s or 30s. And we talked about this before, too, is to get out of bad relationships when you first see that they're bad Mm -hmm. and not hang on for long. So I'll just make that point because I think that is one of the biggest points that if I could say if there's one thing that I would change... Mm That would be one that would be one of the top ones. It may not be the only, but that would definitely be one of the top ones. And then I was thinking about the other thing I would do differently, or I wish I knew then, is that thinking outside the box is really a great thing. And if I didn't think that the leaves of a flower needed to be green, because someone taught me that a flower has green leaves, how mm. would I paint? that flower. Mm. So I wish I knew that it was okay. It's okay to have a flower that has purple leaves. Yeah. That that's normal. Yeah. And, and so it's kind of that whole, even if it's not normal, it's okay. Right. But that's a better word. It is okay. Right. Yeah. That it's, that it's, that it's normal for me right. and that's okay. So that's the other thing I wish I knew that it's okay to be different and yes. it's okay to like put it out there and not keep it hidden and not think you have to make excuses for it. Right. But to say, this is my picture. Here is a flower and the leaves are orange. Deal with it. Right. Yes, definitely. Do whatever you want. People are always like, but what if this, do whatever you want. But my mom said she'll do whatever you yes. want. You know, I, I mean, I remember once, have I told this story about the um, guy who was afraid to take paternity leave because his uh, legal team would need him too much? And I was like, you know who else needs you too much? Your wife and your newborn right. child. I was like, is that even your child? Like, if that, yes, is, that, your child? that you can think of these grown <laughs> people who were getting paid before you think of your literal biological offspring, do whatever you Everybody will be fine without you. You're totally, you're not as irreplaceable as you think you are. So make yourself irreplaceable to the people and things that matter. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing that I wish I knew is that as important as my job was and is, it's not the most important thing in my life. It really isn't. And we were talking about simplifying our lives. Mm -hmm. And really, when you have no decisions, no choices, it's easier to make a decision. You know, I think that when you really look at your life and say, what's important in my life and how do I make decisions around what's important in my life, really important, mm-hmm. your whole life changes. It becomes yeah. really simple when you make, de- yes. when you're making decisions because you're yeah. really focusing on what's really important to me is my wife 
my husband, my kids, whatever it is that's important to you, my partner, or it could be that what's really important to me is curing cancer. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a person. That could be something that isn't a person that's right, important right. to you. Totally. But to put all of so much energy into your job, something that is going to change anyway, probably, right? Everything's temporary. Right. Yeah. That it, it really, it, it simplifies your life when you're able to focus it. Yes, totally. Just, you always have to work backwards, you know, just like, what do I want it to look like in 10 years? What do I want my actual life to look like? Right. And is this job going to be able to fil- facilitate that feeling? You know, don't focus on outcomes, focus on the feeling that you want, because that outcome can be taken away from you like that and that you won't have any choice. And hope is a very cruel drug. Right. <laughs> don't get addicted. That's a good tweet. Hope is a cruel, oh, very cruel drug. Very cruel and addictive too. Okay. And I wish I knew the perfectionism guilt and fear were just like cigarettes. Mm. But sometimes you think if you're a smoker, you think they're your best friend because you reach for a cigarette when you're angst, right? You reach for a cigarette when you're happy, you celebrate, I'm going to go have a drink and a cigarette. Right. And I remember when I quit smoking, I quit smoking like 35 years ago. You smoked? Yes, I know. I wasn't always as smart as I am now. I know, but it was 35 years ago. That's no excuse. I was (laughs) maybe 40. You're lucky you're still beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't be my friend. No. No. And I I agree with you right now. I mean, I agree a hundred percent that they are unforgiving. And if I could turn the time, if I had that time machine, it could turn it back. I'm not guilting you. No, 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 no. (laughs) But I I wish I, I, that's something I wish I knew in my twenties that it's just a bad thing all around. But you would think it's cigarette. I would think it was my best friend. Mm, As I said, when I was angst, when I was happy, it was like, it was with me all the time, but really it's your worst enemy. Mm. And I think that's perfectionism, guilt, and fear. They're familiar. Yes. And sometimes we confuse them with thinking we need them around. But there's no, they serve no purpose. Fear to some extent. I mean, obviously you don't want to do things that are dangerous, like truly dangerous. But I'm talking about the fear of, I don't want to do that. That isn't dangerous because I'm just afraid of failure. Right. I'm I'm not comfortable with the uncomfortable. That fear doesn't do us any good. It's like, get in. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Fear is actually a really useful and really powerful motivator. You know, as much as it can hold people back, if you can master it, and the only way to master it is to, I hate when people say this, don't think about it, but just don't think about it. I mean, I'm like, you know, I was the first African-American woman in Y Combinator. When I applied, I did not know that. Had I known that there had never been a black woman, I would not have, I would have thought it's not for me. But since I didn't know, I just did it anyway, you know? And I'm reminded of this story that um, Mary Louise Parker from Weed, you know, so that she's also, in addition to being a fantastic actress, is also a really great writer. And she wrote this piece for Esquire um, about how she was at the pool with her kids and her daughter was like, I'm going to do a cannonball. And, you know, and she goes and she's like going to jump in the pool, but she sees her daughter kind of hesitate. But then she does jump in and makes this huge splash. And um, Mary Louise Parker is like, you're such a badass. I was amazing. And her daughter comes up and she's like looking really sullen. And she's like, no, I wasn't. I'm not a badass. Like, you know, I was really scared. And she's like, of course you're scared. You're just jumped in the deep end for the very first time. If you weren't scared, you'd just be dumb. But you were scared and you did it anyway. And that's what makes you brave. So use it to push you. You know, you'll go a lot further than you could. And you just said something you 
said badass. And I wanted to bring this up because Amira, who asked the question earlier, when I said that you and I are doing this episode and that we were wanted to know what one of her questions would be. And she had said, B is such a badass. Oh. <laughs> and I thought, I want to be a badass. Is there an age where you can't be a badass anymore? You are a badass. Say <laughs> you've declared From it. From one to another. Don't even it. question it, girl. I know you have a leather jacket in there somewhere. All you need I'm is a cute. leather jacket. That's oh, all? see, come on. That's all. <laughs> need i have a few of them fur leather amazing skin and you, you all the hashtags in the world you are a badass well, and amira's a badass thank yes. you yes no amira is a badass she is a badass hey, girl <laughs> okay so here's another one that i'm done with i'm done with wasting time with people who waste my time oh my god i'm going through this this week you are yes am i one of them <laughs> <laughs> Um, Say no. Okay, wait no, a minute. Wait no, I'm totally okay. kidding. I'm totally kidding. You're never always. You add to my time. You add years to my life. No, um, it's weird. It, you know what? This is actually something that our listeners should know. There is an art to getting what you want, in particular from busy people. Um, I used to when I was coming up. I'm, I'm not here by myself. Like I am self-made. I was a solo founder. I did everything by myself. But a lot of people saw something in me early on, and you know, made connections, made intros, would introduce me like a, like a lot. Like I'm very grateful. Um, so I often give back. Like I've done lots of talks, of mentoring, and you know, speaking engagements and pitch deck reviews for for lots of people for free. However, now that I'm like you know done with the company and really trying to focus my energy on what I want to do next, there's some people who don't know. The the right way to ask or when is appropriate to ask. And especially when they do just a lot of back and forth on scheduling and you're trying to ask for concrete, like ask, like, what do you actually need me to do? You know? And they kind of just want to meet with you just to be like, I don't know. And it's as much as it's like, you're never too early, you know, go out before you're ready. I mean, don't waste people's time. You know, we want to help you. We don't want to wonder with you, you know, and, and, and you don't want to waste that meeting. You know, this is somebody who could believe in you and help you. Don't just do, I mean, and, and I'm having two of those. <laughs> well, nobody will know when this comes out. But this week, yesterday, I mean, it really killed my vibe almost. It was so much back and forth and just so much not consideration of what might be important to me, what I have going on. So um, just be careful about that. You'll always ask for help. A lot of people will want to help you, but there's an art to getting what you want. <laughs> Don't be too pushy. You know, months ago, I did a post with Molly Ford Beck, who you oh, know, yeah. leave me know love, and love. Love. And she did this post on reach out and it was her success that mm. every day she sends an email to someone, she reaches out to someone, not always asking for something. It could be a great book that she read and she'll send a note to the author saying, mm. I read your book and I really loved it. And she doesn't expect a response. And if she gets a response, that's great. But she does one every day of the working week. So five days a week. And hoping to get a response but her real reason is she just wants to put it out there yeah. if she gets one that's great so we did this post and it got like sixty thousand views Whoa. right that's great however what wasn't so great is people were now writing to uh, me saying i'm taking your advice and oh, i'm reaching out no. to which i responded i didn't write that post <laughs> <laughs> talk to her here's molly's email <laughs> I know. Reach out to Molly. Oh my God. <laughs> and see, that is my guilt cigarette because I do feel bad for even saying that. But yeah, like they don't know that they're blowing or, you know, not optimizing. Right. It. And you, and I felt not badly, but there was a part of me that says, you know, I want to, I want to say yes, but I just right. possibly can't. can't. I can't. Yeah. Because there are other people I've already said yes, yes to. Right. And I say that a lot when people ask me to be on their advisory boards or sit oh on their boards. God. It's like I'm on two boards. 
I'm on She's the First and I'm on the Empowerment Plan. And I, I love both of those organizations and I don't have time for any, I just don't because I would be taking away from two yeah. organizations I've committed myself to that I, I only have so many hours in the day. And that leads to another thing I wish I would have known. It's okay to say no. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the most powerful word in the world. Yes. No, more than yes. It, it really is okay to say no. Uh-uh. And it's okay to say yes to the right things. Yes. Don't do like do whatever you want and don't do what you don't want to do. It, it's weird how hard that is for people to believe. You know, you don't have to do what you don't want to do. Right. And you don't have to do what you don't want to do. Please believe that. You don't nothing's going to happen to you. Don't and it's okay that. to be number 1. And it's okay to be number 1. In a good way, right? Not in a self-centered way. And like in that self in that I'm the only important person, not in that narcissistic way. You can disagree with me being a therapist. I might not be totally right here, but, but it's okay to say I'm number one. I feel that I'm number one and I need to take care of me. Yes. And that's not a selfish thing. That is, that is just a great thing to say. I'm number one. And the other thing my husband taught me whenever I would write and I would have writer's block and I couldn't start off, he would say, start the paragraph off with the word I, Mm-hmm. Because the that will get more. you got it. your flow will be so different totally. than starting it off with she or he because your mind is in a different space. Yeah, and you may change it after. Yeah, exactly. But get your thoughts going, and that works for me all the time. When I wrote the book, "They're Roaring Thirties," I was having a really hard time with the intro, mm. and he said, "Start it with the word I." And I was looking at him. I was like, "This book is for women in their thirties. Mm. Why I'm mm-hmm. featuring women in That's their thirties?" Why would I start the book off with the word I? Because mm-hmm. I'm in my I was in my fifties then, and he was like, because he said, I'll give you a hint. Tell a story when you were in right. your thirties. It right. was, you know, I did blah blah, and it was the story about the adoption of my daughter mm. that I found. It was, you know, I found my daughter in the penny saver. Is oh, how the book started. Is that true? Yes. Yes. No way. Yes. So Ugh. I'll give you the quick version. Yeah. Is that I was adopting. I went through seven years right. of infertility. I was adopting and I had a fall through with an adoption. The mother mm-hmm. took the baby, the birth mother took the baby uh, after two days, which right. is something that happens. Very it's legal normal. and it's yeah, very normal. And I was at an event and I met this woman who had a baby and she had a fall through. Mm. And I said to her, you know, how did you find your baby? And she said, I put an ad. Don't think I'm crazy, but I put an ad in the penny saver. Wow. Penny saver for people who don't know. It's a classified. <laughs> it's like this little publication. A little classified. Yeah, yeah. Classified ads. And I thought, I don't think you're crazy. I'm not judging you, but it is crazy that this is what we've done. This is where we've gotten to an adoption. Mm, that know. we have to put an ad in the penny saver. So it's a long, long story, but I made a commitment to myself that I had an adoption agency and I had an adoption attorney, but I was going to do something every day and I wasn't yes. going to spend more than 20 minutes doing it to be proactive. Right. So every day I would write to, advice to advisors of colleges and say, you know, if there's ever a girl that has a baby that can't keep it, doesn't want to keep yeah. the child, you know, please let me know. So now I'm running to a meeting. I'm at USA Today. I'm so busy and I'm running to this meeting and I don't have anything to, I haven't done my, anything all day. And I'm like, I got to do something. So I think I'll just call the penny saver. So I call the penny saver put the ad in the penny saver. And that's how I found really? my birth mother and I found each other. You're her kidding. mother was looking for a dog for her for Christmas. Didn't realize oh. she was pregnant. My ad was under the ad for the no. dog. And she noticed my name because my name is the name of her daughter's godmother. 
You're kidding. That was a quick version of a long, long story. I, that just gave me chills. That's a, I love stories like that. That's it's, amazing. Well, I'll tell you the long story one day. Yeah. It's, I've told it on the podcast. That's why I don't oh, want to okay. repeat the long version of it. Wow. But, but I will share that with you. I See, and this is another thing. You can practice all you want. You can prepare all you want. Sometimes there is magic in the world and, and, you, and it happens. Yes. And look yes. for it. Because that's amazing. And I think that's a great way to end the podcast. No. Is knowing, no, no, we're not ending. <laughs> no witch doctor. No. More magic. magic right. Is to know. <laughs> that there is magic there is and it's great to prepare and it's great to you know have a plan yeah but sometimes it's it's what you put out into the universe yes. that comes back at you Amen. yes yeah. it really is and like meeting you and so thanks to christina valetta for in- oh, introducing she's us magic. Thank you, <laughs> yes and we're holding valetta. hands <laughs> <laughs> and b before we leave where can we find you Ex- except for at my kitchen table which <laughs> always I hope you come here yes. a lot yeah <laughs> um you can always find me on brthertherapy.com we're actually doing a redesign and follow me on twitter at brthertherapy.com the licensed mental health counselor. Mm, I'm blowing you kisses and the table's not that big, but I'm blowing <laughs> you a kiss across the table because I can't move away from the mic. Be thank you. Thank oh, you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for always having me. Okay, so I love being the witch doctor, especially when I'm sitting next to my favorite therapist, B. Arthur. So thanks to B for joining us. And thanks to you all for joining us on Mentoring Moments. And to make sure you're getting Mentoring Moments the moment it's live every Wednesday, subscribe on iTunes and rate and review. Your input and feedback is really, really important to me. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the things we talked about today. Do you have inner voices that are holding you back? Are you making yourself irreplaceable to the people and things in your life that actually matter? That's a huge one. And are you badass enough to face your fears? Please let me know what you think. It's easy to find me. I'm always on Twitter, at Denise Rustari. And before we go, remember to go to podcastone.com to find all the great sponsors of Mentoring Moments. Because of them, we can bring you the show each week with limited ads. To learn more about them, go to Killer Deals link on podcastone.com and check out the Mentoring Moments page. Also, Mentoring Moments is a participant in the Amazon Associates program, an affiliate advertising program designed to provide a means for us to earn fees by linking to Amazon.com and affiliated sites. You can link to Amazon at podcastone.com. And until next week, keep sharing your stories because your stories matter. Download new episodes of Mentoring Moments every Wednesday at podcastone.com, forbes.com, the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at iTunes. Hey, this is Richard Marks, the host of Song Talks right here on Podcast One. Every week, I will explore the impact music has on our lives through interviews with singers, songwriters, and other amazing guests about the classic songs that have impacted them. Check out Song Talks every Wednesday at podcastone.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe at iTunes. The right workspace is more than just square footage. It's an incubator of achievement, a magnet for talent. Your workforce unleashed. For 160 years, Savills has been bringing real intelligence to global real estate, ensuring not just any space, but the perfect workspace. Because the most important dimension of a building is the human one. Savills. See what Savills can do for you at savills.us. 
I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. London police have arrested Julian Assange on extradition charges to the United States, as well as for violating his bail. Assange is accused of publishing classified documents through WikiLeaks. In 2010, he told Sky News he was worried about what the U.S. might do to him. The United States recently has shown that its institutions seem to be failing. Uh, They are failing to follow the rule of law. And with dealing with a superpower that does not appear to be following following the rule of law is a serious business. He also said in 2010 the U.S. officials had threatened him and those associated with him. There has been many calls by senior political figures uh, in the United States, uh, including elected ones in the Senate, uh, for my execution, uh, the kidnapping of my staff. Edward Snowden, the former security contractor who leaked classified information about U.S. surveillance programs, says the arrest of Assange is a blow to media freedom. I'm Rita Foley.